Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Time to get rolling again here at Fantasy Sports Daily. Welcome in on a Monday a day that gives us a little extra excitement. We've got two NFL playoff games, which Ray Flowers hates, but I think the rest of us are kind of digging the idea that we get to uh, settle in for some football. And hey, what do you know, for many of us, uh, it is a holiday. Uh, So on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, uh, some of you might be hanging out at the house and you're saying, what what can I do? Well, you can watch football on this Monday. We will uh, get you set for those uh, pair of games. Coming up on Monday afternoon and into the evening, obviously, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Uh, We've got Tampa playing host to Philly. And, of course, we'll take a recap of everything that went down this weekend. First things first, Ray Flowers, um, your background is a little incorrect. Uh, Your background should actually be my background, uh, where at this point I think it's right at zero degrees in St. Louis, Missouri. We don't have that much snow uh, but we're not far away from that with that uh, background that you've chosen for today. Yeah, I was trying to be the mood, and I, I wasn't trying to mock or anything like that. I was just trying to be in the mood. Uh, we, we've had rough weather for California, meaning we've had rain, obviously not dealing with anything like you and the rest of the country are. But thought with uh, the game in, in particular being delayed till today with the bills and all that, that it was kind of apropos, Kyle. Yeah, well, it looks good. And that's kind of a wimpy view of probably what they're dealing with in Buffalo. Uh, they, they've had feet of snow. Uh, There's more snow even falling today. It's not like the weather today in Buffalo has gone to 50 degrees and no, it's still there. Just not as awful as it would have been on Sunday. Okay, let's get you rolling with what we've got for today. The big news is at the top. We told you about this on Friday and it's official now. Uh, Now, not only can you buy the 2024 Fantasy Guru Fantasy Baseball Guide, but we've got columns out, Ray. We've got how many did you choose? We got what ten to fifteen columns that that are up and ready for people to take a look at. Yeah, we t- you know so let's say we got the, the. I'll just go through quickly rankings. Obviously, AL ML mix rankings are available. Auction values for all those are available. Points league rankings, dynasty league rankings, category rankings. So if you want to know who's going to lead the majors in batting average or saves, we've got those available as well. And then in terms of the articles, looking back last year, what happened in two thousand twenty three, what we got right and wrong in two thousand twenty three. Uh, some player profiles. So, if those of you wishing you had a magazine, we got those the little short, you know, three sentence kind of things. We got those yeah. for all the positions as well. Uh, and then some positional and pitching breakdowns. If you're not quite sure where your guys played or didn't play in 2023. And uh, as always, we do this with football, we do it with baseball. Um, columns are released each and every day. Um, updates are made pretty well each and every day as news breaks. Ray and the crew, they jump into the draft guide, they adjust things. Uh, Discord is obviously open and ready for your baseball questions. And people always wonder, okay, how do I get a hold of this, Ray? Um, I guess they can get it for 50 bucks. But if they make a simple promo code, they get $10 off that guide. And it's not just the guide, Ray, but the Mm -hmm. big reminder here, you got the guide and you've got the year of season-long coverage, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a misnomer. We call it a guide. My brother was even talking to me about this the other day saying, why do you guys call it a guide? And it's like, we kind of always called it a guide. But yeah, it's not it's not just the preseason. It's through the entire season. So you get coverage all the way from now through the end. Uh, and that includes all the articles, anything we do. Discord access to. Uh, obviously, you get the show. 
Uh, but yeah, it's from now through the end of the season. Uh, it's $50 normally. If you use the promo code FSD20 that we use on the show here all the time, that gets you a 20% discount, drops down to 40 bucks. And, you know, when you think now through the, the season's six months, right? Then you get an extra three months. Now, it's like a nine months or 40 bucks. I mean, it's yeah. less than five bucks a month. You can't even get a beer at the bar for that. So <laughs> use the promo code FSD20 on any of our products, but it also does work on the baseball product. Actually, right here in St. Louis, I can get a beer for about 425 yeah. If not less, like there might be a couple places, four dollars, three seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. Now you're drinking swill, but uh, you, you can get it. But but the the fact remains, hell of a deal, great deal. Um, so check it out, draft guide out. Columns are being released. Uh, this will get you the baseball coverage. Yes, it begins now on January fifteenth. Uh, the season is still what two and a half months away, I guess about. It's a while away. But we are getting you set. You see six hundred and fifty ranked players there on the column. You see the cruise boys. Not not related, but the cruise boys sitting there as the uh, cover guys. I love that the Reds and the Pirates are represented on uh, Ray's draft guide. Great choice there. Uh, we will on this pod slash live stream pretty well each and every day, uh, probably at least delving in a bit to some of the columns that Ray has out, uh, whether they are new or maybe he put out three and we're catching up. Uh, so uh, we'll save that today on the back end of the show. We got a lot of football to talk about, but we'll get into some of the columns that are available immediately and some of Ray's thoughts, initial thoughts as we get set for the 2024 season. But the key thing is this puppy, it's live. It's ready to go. Uh, football, of course, we are recapping the weekend that was. A couple of games on Saturday, a couple of Sunday uh, matchups. Plenty of news coming out of there. Uh, DFS was a fun weekend, especially if you had pieces of the Green Bay Packers, which in our one-and-done setup, I did not. <laughs> so, and I don't know if I want to chase them now next week that they're playing San Francisco, but... We will talk about Green Bay absolutely blasting and tearing the doors off of the Dallas Cowboys. Talk about C.J. Stroud's uh, postseason opener. That was a pretty good one against Joe Flacco and the Browns. The Chiefs were warm enough with their offense to take care of Tua and the Dolphins. And, of course, we uh, finished things off on Sunday night with a very tight affair between the Lions and the Rams. So we'll get you set on all that. As mentioned, two games today. Uh, we've got the snow and the chill and the wind in Buffalo. Uh, we've got the rain, but 65 degrees in Tampa coming up tonight. Ryan Clifford is going to join us to uh, break down things from a DFS perspective. I think his column is already up uh, for Tampa, Philadelphia. I'm sure there's one coming out on Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So check those out at the site, FG.com. And we'll get you a rundown and an update of the ongoing coaching searches, which leads me, Ray, to this question. If you're the Cowboys... Should you be looking for a coach today? I, I guess the public at large, Ray, is kind of done with Mike McCarthy. You're Jerry Jones, or are you are you thinking the same with Mike McCarthy this morning? It is a great question, Kyle. Um, I said uh, someone on uh, Inst uh, Twitter, Twitter X, uh, at the Ray Flowers, where I'm at in most of the spots, if you want to check me out, sent me in, in the crew a note and said, has a head coach ever been fired at halftime? Like, like it's, <laughs> and it's like, I mean... You know, I was thinking about this actually when I was in the shower uh, last night. I was thinking about this. Uh, yes, I ruminate while I'm in the shower. Um, is this the player's fault? Is this the coach's fault? Is this a one-off? Does Do things like this just happen? If they played again next weekend, would the game be different? And at the end, you know, you've got a team that was arguably the best team in football at home. And, you know, everyone's having good vibes. And then it just stopped. And... A lot of the teams that Mike McCarthy has coached have kind of just stopped. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, it, it's really tough to say it's time to get rid of a head coach who has this tremendous track record. I mean, double-digit victories over and over and over again throughout his career as a coach, but frequently coming up short. Is that his fault? Is it his players? Is it the organization? I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he's around next year. I mean, with the way Jerry Jones is, but I, you know, I guess it's fair. What do you think, Kyle? Well, it, it's another year where we entered the playoffs and said, "Oh, this time it's different. Yeah. This Cowboys team looks better. This Cowboys team finished second in the NFC." Um, I felt a lot of people now. Now, if they had to go on the road to San Francisco, they would not be favored, and we all saw what happened earlier this year on the road. But Ray, I, I, I think, and again, I'm not for. To me, it's kind of weird to fire a guy who just worked 12 and 5, but I get it. You know, it's it's three years now of relatively quick exits. You're there, but you're not doing anything. And it's now 30 years of the Cowboys not really doing anything. And Jerry Jones is an impatient guy as is. I kind of think, Ray, there will be a move away from, from Mike McCarthy. Um, and I think one item that I would believe if Jerry Jones said this, they got beat bad in a lot of road games this year and then yesterday was just a continuation of that it was it was different from hey it wasn't on the road this time but they didn't play well multiple times this year and i you know is it the players i think when it's all said and done yes they are professionals but for whatever reason ray the coach is expected to, to get these guys ready and, and to have them good to go it's one thing to lose in the playoffs how they lost yesterday was mind-blowing like, nobody was really picking the Packers to pull off an upset. I mean, I think the spread was seven and a half. Mm -hmm. And, Ray, I don't recall anybody saying, oh, this is a dangerous spot for Dallas. And yet, as we get into this game, I mean, it was over early in the second quarter. I mean, it was bad. It was – and it, it wasn't I, – I, there were turnovers, but their defense, which had been so good this year, could not even – Think of stopping the Packers. It was it was from the get go ugly for the Dallas Cowboys, and you had fans booing. You had fans walking out in the third quarter, and and this final score, Ray, forty eight to thirty two, is entirely misleading. I mean, th this game played more like forty eight to seven, is how this game played out. So I, I think changes will probably happen. But as you look at that game yesterday, again, I was shocked. I I, I didn't even think the Packers would really hang around with Dallas and the game was a total 180 from what I expected yesterday. Well, it's really interesting. I had, we, you know, in multiple leagues uh, for the postseason, right. Uh, and I've, I had Aaron Jones in lineups, all those, I think two oh, bunch wow. of lineups. So I feel really good about that. Also I had uh, Jalen Reed in one. I don't know how Jalen Reed doesn't catch a pass in a game where they score 48 points, but that's another issue. I think that, I mean, really what's the common theme here? It's Jerry Jones. <laughs> I mean, you said it the other day, it's been 3,000 years since they won a Super Bowl. It's Jerry Jones. And, you know, I, when you come, I, I guess ultimately, you can't, we say this all the time, you can't fire the team. Mm -hmm. The owner's not going to fire himself. So who get, the coaching staff is the one that goes out. And however you want to explain it, like you said, they came out and laid the dud of all duds. There were legitimate people in the, in the football universe predicting the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. Like there were, you know, that's not the way you or I went, but there are tons of other people that said they were going to make the Super Bowl and to get smashed at home in the first, like just terribly disappointing. And it will throw off people because I bet who played Cowboys yesterday, right? No one played Cowboys yeah. yesterday. Maybe if you play people like me, played Aaron Jones or 
maybe you went nuts and went with you know Jordan Love in a playoff league. No one used the, the Cowboys. Everyone was saving them. So that whole team is gone in the one and done scenario. And like you said, now the Packers will have a, a, an opportunity to play in, in week two, and it's not necessarily a matchup, but we're going to be feeling good about them again. You know, it's it's one thing to, to go out and, and lay an absolute egg, and, and in real life you lost, you choked, you, you did all that, and now you go into an offseason, and it's another year of like, okay, you guys are just soft. You can't, you can't do it when the lights are at its brightest. For the fantasy player, though, Ray, you look at this Dallas team, Dak Prescott, we, we talked about quarterbacks a lot last week. This week we'll do some running backs, not today, but later in the week. You know, Dak Prescott's still a QB1. CeeDee Lamb is probably going to be a top three, top four receiver off the board. Tony Pollard, you know, we'll have to see how things work out with guys on the move and and what happens. But he could still be a a back-end RB1. I mean, there's work there. Uh, Everybody complained about the touchdowns, but we've talked about touchdowns before. He could have the exact same season next year and finish with 11 touchdowns. You know, you just don't know how that's going to work. And Jake Ferguson, Ray, I mean... You talk about ending with a with a bang, three touchdowns for Jake Ferguson, and he's probably a top ten tight end. Um, Cooks, Gallup, I mean, those guys are low end fours and fives at wide receiver. But like, this is still going to be a popular team going into next season. We we shouldn't let like the, the all the hurricane around the team distract us from the numbers that these guys can still put up. Yeah, I've run some polls over on uh, Twitter X at the Ray Flowers, and people are saying that CD Lamb's the number one pick. Mm. So people are not out of, and this is before yesterday, but you know, I don't yeah. think anything changed with that. Dak Prescott has established himself as a, a QB one. I think that's fair. Uh, Ferguson, obviously, you know, working with these guys again, you got to feel good about, especially this end. Everyone's going to remember the end. The only bright spot in the game was him. <laughs> the Tony Pollard thing is interesting because he's an unrestricted free agent, so I, I don't. I don't know if he's back with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he goes out on the market, if he, if he ends up with the cricket scenario, because I, you know, he did not produce numbers, nor did he eyeball look the same as he has in the past. Mm-hmm. So I, he could certainly go somewhere and get 12, 13 touches a week, but is, is he going to go somewhere and he's going to be the number one guy where he's getting 19 touches a week and goal line work. Like I, I think that is past. Uh, and for all those people that screamed the last three years, Tony Pollard, don't do it. Yeah. Tony Pollard got the opportunity this year, and he was very Najee Harris-like. It, it's it's weird to think if he moves on, Ray, like Rico Dowdle, I don't know if we got a starting running back there. The Cowboys are going to have to do something. Yeah, Jerry Jones you know, won't go and, with just Rico Dowdle. Yeah, so the, I guess to me there's a part of they may re-sign Pollard, but again, when you had this kind of year and it ends this way, maybe you are looking for something fresh and – they could probably look at the market, Ray, and there's going to be a lot of cheap dudes they can pick up. You know, give Austin Eckler a one-year deal with tons of incentives and pay him $8 million bucks. You know, they, they may think that's a better fit than giving Tony Pollard a two- or three-year contract. So it will be something to follow there. As for Green Bay, they obviously advance. They obviously look good. Uh, Jordan loves the other storyline here, a perfect passer rating. But, you know, Ray, I, I was thinking of you multiple times watching that game yesterday. It is so true. It's something you harp on. It's it happens, it occurs, it works, but, you know, those mechanics do, like, even that at that first completion of the game, it was over the middle of the field, it was on the first drive, uh, went for, like, 22 yards, and, and Ray, it was exactly what you talk about. I mean, he's drifting backwards and kind of just lollipopping one over the middle, and, and it was caught, and, hey, the game was good, and Jordan Love absolutely um, has every Packer backer in his corner now. I mean, now they think they've got the next Aaron Rodgers for the 10 years. Um, I'm always reminded of Colin Kaepernick when when the 49ers had their run. 
Everybody thought Kaepernick was going to be here. <laughs> and, and we know for other reasons and so on and so forth, but it never happened. So you don't want to get carried away with love, but Ray, um, everything was clicking. He mostly had his guys back on the field. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron Jones was doing Aaron Jones things with no A.J. Dillon, and it was a very impressive win for the Green Bay Packers and really an impressive season. Like, they flashed up the graphic there. I, it's the youngest team to make the NFL playoffs since, like, 1974. I mean, it's, it's hugely impressive what they did this year and what they did yesterday against the Cowboys. Yeah, and – in opposition to what we just talked about with the Cowboys, when we talk about the Packers, Matt LaFleur deserves a ton of credit, right? Because it, it, there's a lot of people that say, oh, you know, you're winning because of your quarterback or whatever. Well, we've changed that all up and we're still, here we are. So LaFleur, obviously, and the coaching staff there with the Packers deserve a ton of credit. Uh, you know, Jordan Love, this is, I agree with you, you know, when we've talked about him so much this year, the mechanics are bad. And if if that's going great, no one cares. When it starts going bad, people start picking you apart and it starts getting, it's a different story. So I just wish that, that, that maybe that that's gotta be a priority for them in the off season, because mm -hmm. we've seen he can improvise. We've seen the arm strength. We've seen the decision-making. He's not turning the ball. Second half of the season doesn't turn the ball over. Like he's rivaling Dak Prescott for, you know, not turning the ball over in the second half of the season. So there's so many great things going on here uh, and they'll get a chance to continue to shine and the whole team uh, hats off. They've done a great job to this point. Who would you rather have as your QB one next year? Love or Prescott? Mm. Without knowing, boy, that's tough. I'm going to say love. Okay. I'm going to say love. It's wild to think nine weeks ago there was still a serious question if he was, like, good enough yeah. to be the quarterback. Be a starter for their team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one interception in his last eight or nine games, including yesterday. So, a uh, very impressive win, and uh, their reward is now a trip to San Francisco. Uh, be a fun game. That's uh, already scheduled. I think it's Saturday evening. Uh, is that game between the 49ers and Green Bay. Uh, also on Sunday, the Lions and the Rams. And uh, Ray, I said this last week, especially for our one-and-done setups. I was all in on this game. I ended up with seven pieces of my 10-man roster from this game. And I felt good at half, Ray. We were at 38 points. It was 21-17. Mm -hmm. to 17. I had Stafford. Um, I had Amon Ross St. Brown. I had Gibbs and Montgomery. They both had a touchdown by the time we got to halftime. And then... Nothing in the second half. I guess the defense decided to show up, and it, it didn't end up well for me in one and done. It's okay. I still got some teams playing or players, I guess, out there for tonight. Uh, but overall, 24-23, not getting to 50 points was a bit of a letdown, but plenty of nice performances. Um, you know, Stafford, Goff, St. Brown, Nakua. Uh, it was nice to see Sam Laporta. I'm shocked he was out there. He was limited, but he got a touchdown. Uh, a fun game to watch, but a little underwhelming for fantasy players, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and I ended up with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback in, in leagues this week. So I get 367 and two, totally fine with. Played Kyron Williams everywhere. That pooed. I mean, that's the, wor that's the worst game Kyron – I didn't look up. What's the worst game he's had since he came back from injury? I mean, it might be his worst game of the season, fantasy-wise, right? Terrible effort that from that respect. He was still okay, but got hurt and all that. I played Cooper Cup over Puka Nakua, which I'm I sure a lot too. of people do. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that didn't work out. Um, and it was one of those things where, you know, it was a good game. And then it was there till the end and the whole thing. But like you said, it did slow down in the second half. But, you know, really, I guess Kyron Williams is the big one because Cup or Nakua, you know. But I think a lot of people were playing Kyron Williams. And, you know, 61 yards on the ground and a catch for nine. 
you know, that he didn't get to 10 points. And that, that guy was Mr. 18 point this season. So that was a disappointing effort. The rest of the guys, Gibbs, Montgomery, the rest of the guys, even on the other side, were pretty effective. And uh, I, I will say with the Rams, they're kicking themselves. It's Ray, they settled for three field goals um, that were all under 30 yards, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they were all snapped from the 12. Uh, whenever you look at 12 or closer, in fact. So they were in the red zone. And you mentioned Kyron Williams or even Stafford. The, 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 the results could have been really different if they get yeah. one touchdown chance and one touchdown opportunity. Uh, but a fun game. And I, I don't think there were really any surprises. Uh, we should note, in addition to Kyron Williams, that I think it was a hand injury. But there is a fear Tyler Higby uh, tore an ACL yeah. on the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah. So that occurring this late in the season would pretty well wipe him off the tight end board if you were even thinking about that. But um, that's a guy who was probably a tight end too anyway. But now coming back from that injury, you almost completely bail on him. So some bad luck there. Uh, Laporta did play three catches and a touchdown. Nothing huge there. I'm on Ross St. Brown still. I, I Ray, I, I think I maybe I mentioned it on the show. Maybe I didn't. But like his season was even better than last year. Um, and he is he's kind of become Cooper Cup. You know, he's he's kind of that Cooper Cup guy for the Detroit Lions, the best of Cooper Cup, because all of his numbers really took a leap this year. The catches, the yardage, the touchdowns. I don't know how many people really paid attention. Uh, and it continued last night. He didn't get in the end zone. But, Ray, he, he's a legitimate seven to ten t- catches every single week. And now the touchdowns are there. Uh, he's in a good spot, too, to be a top eight, top six wide receiver off the board next year in a PPR. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at his performance. Um, we were just talking about the consistency of Kyron Williams until yesterday. Talk about the consistency with uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown. Two games this year, he didn't score 13 PPR points. One of them was 12.9. <laughs> two games this year, two, he didn't get 16 PPR points. 16. So we talk all the time about, oh, this guy's up and down. He had 16, 16, 16. Like every week he had at least 16. He had games of 30, 30, 29. So there was upper end too. So yeah, he has become a guy that's catching five passes for 75 yards, just basic, right? And then it's, is he getting a touchdown? Is it this week he's catching eight passes? Like he has been extremely good, extremely consistent. And I don't think there's a reason to expect that to necessarily change next year. Goff's going to be back. They're going to bring their head coach back. Like this, this looks like who he is in this offense and it's terrific. Offensive coordinator may not be back, though. Uh, ben Johnson, I know True. he's been rumored with Washington and a couple of other teams, but they're in the postseason, so uh, nothing's really going to happen uh, before the Lions are eliminated. But a big win for them. They now await the winner of uh, Philadelphia and Tampa. Whoever wins that game will go to Detroit, and I think that game is tentatively scheduled for next Sunday after, Excuse me, Sunday afternoon uh, is the plan there. So uh, we'll see who the Lions are taking on. Going to the AFC side of the bracket and moving to Saturday, Ray, I guess we'll start with the uh, Chiefs and the Dolphins. And, um, you know, there there was a whole thing with the weather. It it was crazy cold, minus four at kickoff. Um, I I knew when it happened, we would just be bombarded with all this stupid helmet stuff of like, I mean, people lose their minds. Like, Like, that's one reason I just hate social media is like, oh, look at his helmet cracked. And it's like the story. What's the cracked helmet game? You know, it's going to be like 10 years from now, like Kurt Schilling with the bloody soccer, the cracked helmet for Patrick Mahomes. Anyway, Ray, what stood out is, you know, the Dolphins really got nothing. Offensively. Nothing. And, you know, I know the natural inclination is to blame the cold, and I get it. But then you look on the other side, Ray, and Rasheed Rice is going off. 
Um, you see Isaiah Pacheco, 24 carries, looking good. Pat Mahomes was fine enough. And you got nothing from the Dolphins. Like every I, I, Tyreek Hill had the touchdown, 50 yards. That was great. He did nothing the entirety of the game. Jalen Waddle limping around, doing nothing. Raheem Mostert, nothing. Um, A-chan, nothing. Tua, nothing. And, and, you know, I know there are questions about the Cowboys, but there's some questions now being asked about the Dolphins because they just have not been able to finish a season yet under Mike McDaniel this far. Yeah, I mean, in baseline, right? Guys injured on offense, guys injured on defense. No, no, no one expected us to win, expected them to win this game really. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, I mean, I was talking about that with, with my lady. You know, when you're used to playing in 90 degree weather with 99% humidity, and then you go here, that's you're on you're on Mars. It's like it's shot. not even the same. <laughs> So it's like that's a huge thing too, and I'm, then we were discussing about how much of it is just mentally. You're you got to be strong and say, "Who cares? I'm not going to feel my fingers. Let's go." You know, can you get over that? I don't know. Did that play a part of this? Uh, what I will say is something that I've said many times, and we've discussed. And you know, Tua Tunga Below is just a guy. Mm. Sorry, you know, for all the people that have he and we. How, what do you need to see? Look down the stretch this year when what? the guys got injured around him. Well, let me uh, and I don't diss it. I maybe have a little more. Uh interest into or or you know um you know we'll prop him up a little higher just the guy's a little rough i don't disagree with the statement though that is he like a top eight difference but he's not i don't think he ever will be but right now they have the question yeah you have to pay him don't you they have to yeah it's and and that's just the the business they're in is you may be totally right and thus far the results say yeah he's kind of just the guy he'll pop a few times a year you know, because of Tyreek Hill and some of the play calling, the way they move guys around. But right now you have this question, like, do they give him a long-term contract? And unfortunately, well, I don't know, unfortunately or for, fortunately, depends what side of the fence you're on. <laughs> but I, I think they do, even though, to your point, he's kind of just there as a quarterback. Yeah, put him on the Panthers. How do you think that's going to look? Mm. Um, I think that you know, we talked about this all season long. The quarterback position's a mess. If everyone's healthy – there's not enough quarterbacks to go around. When you start talking about guys getting picked off each week with injuries, it becomes disaster city. And, you know, Tua is not, he's not Gardner Minshew. He's not, but he's a hell of a lot closer to Gardner Minshew than he's to Jordan Love. Like he just is. Physically, that's just where they're at. That all being said, he did lead the NFL in passing yards this season. The offense was terrific before they started getting injuries and had that slump late in the year. And he's going to have weapons around him. And so they have to bring him back. What are they going to go do? Like, what's the alternative? You're going to go bring Carson Wentz in? So, yeah, they, they're going to have to pay him. And it's one of those scenarios that's really difficult. Like, to me, and we've talked about this too, the Bears signed Justin Fields, just do it. Like, just do it. With two, it's like, okay, we're going to do it because we got to do it, not because we should just do it. Yeah. But it's it's wild to me, both those cases. I think the general public like, really? Those guys are going to get paid and those guys are going to commit to – but that's the nature of this beast is, is you have to once, as I've always said, if they got a pulse, you almost have to hold on to these guys. And I don't know why you'd be in Tua's corner as a franchise up until this point And then suddenly bail, like you either think he is, or you've been lying the whole time. I don't know, uh, but we'll see, you know, probably a discussion for another day, another discussion for another day, but I want to broach the topic, Ray Rasheed Rice. Um, we know how the hype train grows and we know, Hey, a guy working with Patrick Mahomes, and all of a sudden, maybe we've got something. Like the last two months have been really good for Rasheed Rice. And it was really good on Saturday night. Do you think the hype could lift him to like the 12th, 
the 15th receiver off the board next season. If, if like, let's say the playoffs play out, he's good. Don't you think the hype will lift him to like near wide receiver one going into drafts next year? Well, I'll say this. Shout out Jeff Manns, who was very pro Rasheed Rice during the draft process during the preseason. As a result, I have Rasheed Rice on my dynasty team. 16-team league, 55 roster spots, like a full-on. So I'm really yeah. excited about that. Uh, I think that as we sit here right now, if we extrapolate the playoffs, however long they play with him doing things that he's done on the stretch and including in that game uh, over the weekend, it's going to be tough not to say that people would look at him that way. Now, what could preclude that would be a signing of Michael Pittman, a signing of T. Higgins, a signing of DeAndre Hopkins, something major splash-wise. Now, that's that's the other question here is that I think Rice, whether he's a one or a two on your team, he's a guy. Like, he's someone to build around. So the question is now, do the Chiefs do what they've done the last two years and try to piece this thing together and kind of slump along? Or do they go out and make a significant move, get another guy at the wide receiver position, especially with Travis Kelsey starting to slow down? Yeah, as it, as it stands out, those other wide receivers are really bums, honestly, compared to Rasheed Rice. So um, if it stays that way, you know, it's a funnel. You know, it's 140 targets over the course of the year is probably what occurs. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey's still likely to be there, but uh, it, it would be, in effect, back to where we were three years ago or so with Tyreek Hill. You know, that's kind of what they would envision for Rasheed Rice. Uh, Kansas City will advance, uh, still awaiting their opponent because it depends on this Pittsburgh-Buffalo game. Uh, Houston is still awaiting their opponent. Uh, but, Ray, that's one I didn't see coming. I mean, that was uh, impressive for Houston. And I think I brought this up last week on Friday's show, and I said, you know, I, I think Cleveland's going to win. But my one worry was Cleveland's defense is kind of junky on the road for whatever reason. And, Ray, they were junky. I mean, in that first half, C.J. Stroud is – picking and choosing his receivers. Like there was no pushback from the Cleveland Brown defense. They eventually stabilized, uh, but they were down 10. Then those in effect back-to-back -back pick sixes by Flacco. And it was pretty well over. I mean, the Joe Flacco magic and the story was awesome, Ray, but it, it really went down in flames on Saturday in Houston. God, he still threw for 300 yards. Yeah. Huh. Well, like Dak um, Prescott, zero passing yards in the first quarter yesterday. He finished with over 400. <laughs> kind of like have <laughs> he threw 60 passes, though, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we talked about this. I wrote about this in my Coffin Corner piece. We talked about it on the show. Joe Flacco, if you took what he did in the five games, gave him you know 17 games doing that, he's almost 30 interceptions. <laughs> and then he threw a couple more yesterday. That's been the story that has been overlooked. The team has been winning. Mm -hmm. He's been having 300 yards and two touchdowns. Everyone kind of just ignored the turnovers. And the fact that one of the reasons the offense was working is that he is willing, unlike so many other quarterbacks, to take risks. He just throws the ball and gives them guys a chance to make a play. Didn't happen yesterday. The magic ended. Uh, I don't think that the I don't think that the Texans winning the game was shocking. I think the way they won the game was pretty shocking. Mm -hmm. uh, I picked the Browns to win. I thought they were gonna, you know, it'll be a close game and they'd, you know, win 21 to 17 or something like that. I did not expect. The whitewashing we saw that obviously was aided by the, the, the two defensive plays there. But, uh, I mean, C.J. Stroud, again, Kyle, uh, it's another guy that, uh, you know, playing some great football right now. Yeah, and uh, Nico Collins was in full effect. Noah Brown played, but didn't do a whole lot. Um, it was a relatively easy victory. I mean, Davis Mills was taking snaps in the fourth quarter. Um, and if you happen to play the Houston defense, which some of you might have done, huge effort for you with back-to-back -back pick sixes. Uh, before we leave this game and before we leave, leave Cleveland, Ray, talking quarterbacks and money, 
it's Deshaun Watson next year. I mean, they've already been asked that question. Who's your QB? And we don't know if Flacco's coming back. I tend to think no. Now, if they promised him a starting job, yeah, he'd come back. But Ray, right now, they're just married to Deshaun Watson. They, they have no other choice. Uh, he has no trade value. The contract is outlandish. They have to play him. Joe Flacco probably will not be back. If, you know, he knows what the situation is. He sees the paychecks and Deshaun Watson's going to be the guy. And, and it it's, you know, it's bittersweet maybe for a Browns fan that, oh, we look good with Flacco. They didn't look this good with Deshaun Watson. And there are absolute question marks if this guy can even be an upper half quarterback in the NFL again. Yeah, the offense and the offense is totally different, right? We talked about it. They lost Nick Chubb. They lost all the offensive line. They transformed from a ball control offense to a passing offense, which is again shout out to the coaching staff for the Browns for doing that because most organizations can't do that. More from midseason, but Flacco's not the answer, right? Let's okay. Is Watson the answer? I don't know. And you and I talked about him a lot too this year that we watch him play and it's that he does not look the same as he was back in his heyday with with the Texans. Mm-hmm. They foolishly paid him that ginormous contract, which is, you know, to your point earlier with Tua. Once you give a guy the money, you're in. Yeah. What are you going to do? Co- the contract for Watson is guaranteed. Well, and that's the difference. Like Tua, we're talking about a contract or fields. Even if you screw it up and he sucks, so you sign him, right? You can get away from these contracts. Right. You can trade them. You All can right. cut them. You know, mm-hmm. have the dead cap hit with Watson. You can't. It's it's absolutely an iceberg of a deal that you can't get around and they're stuck with them. And actually I'm kind of happy they are Ray. When that deal was signed, everybody in the NFL said, wow, that's dumb. Right. And so they've made their bed and they're having to sleep in it right now. If you're the Browns. Yeah. And I, we haven't heard any reports of anything tawdry off the field. So it hasn't, it hasn't, he just hasn't performed on the field, which was the point, you know, like, wow, how, how is this not happening? Maybe, excuse me, maybe he comes back and it's different next year, but what he's put on tape has not been good. They're in. They're not making a big quarterback move. I mean, I guess they could say, hey, Joe, if you want to hang around for a million and a half, make sure it's a backup. Maybe they do that. Maybe, right? Because the goodwill that was generated this season. But obviously, stylistically, you couldn't be more different than Deshaun Watson. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's an organization that has an anchor around them. And that's really shocking to say, given everything they went around, given everything they played through, and given the fact they made the playoffs, to think that their quarterback might be their problem moving forward. Cleveland done, Houston waiting for an opponent. Uh, so four games down, two more to go. We were supposed to have, of course, uh, three games on Sunday. Ray, did you catch the uh, Twitter images of what the stadium looked like yesterday at one o'clock in Buffalo? It was <laughs> it was worse <laughs> than the picture I made. <laughs> like literally, you would not have been able to see the players in, in that condition on TV. Yeah. Like, you would have no idea. So the decision was the correct one. Um, as noted, though, they're still dealing with weather today. Uh, we've got Buffalo-Pittsburgh coming up at 4.30 Eastern time. And then later tonight at 8.20 is the Eagles and the Bucks. Right now at this point, we bring in our friend Ryan Clifford, who uh, if you've been watching us and following us on Mondays, you got a lot of Ryan on Mondays because he was always the guy who helped us out with Monday Night Football. He's back here in the postseason, a rare two-game slate. Ryan, good to see you. How's it going, man? Good. How are you guys been? Well, we're doing well. Uh, Ray, believe me, it, it looks cold behind Ray, but it's nothing like that. Um, it's cold in Atlanta, though. Like, you guys are going through a cold snap, aren't you? Yeah, it's pretty chilly here. Nothing like what we're seeing in Buffalo. But, uh... 
And, and for those who have, I mean, Buffalo is going to have a little bit of snow today, a little bit of snow this afternoon. It's the whole lake effect thing. Uh, it's going to be cold, but not frigid. I mean, we're not talking anything like Kansas City, Miami. Uh, the wind, uh, Ryan, a bit of a factor here. I don't think it's horrendous, but I think I saw like 20 to 30 miles and maybe some gust. Is is the weather a big factor when you look at this from a DFS aspect for today? Uh, yes and no. I think uh, on the Pittsburgh side, you know, they were already going to run the ball a lot, I think. But, you know, Mason Rudolph um, doesn't really project this, you know, a, a Josh Allen type arm. You know, to put it mm-hmm. bluntly, uh, Josh Allen, you know, he's – I think the Bills are going to throw the ball a lot more than people think today uh, in the wind and the snow. I, I don't think anybody in the league is Allen to, uh, to throw the ball in the conditions like that. So, I, you know, I do think Pittsburgh probably runs the ball even more than they would have, but I'm not sure so much that it changes Buffalo's uh, offensive game plan. Is the is the game plan for Buffalo Ryan to get you know a forty five percent target share to Stephon Diggs? I mean, you know, Gabe Davis, right? The the tight ends, you know, especially Knox up and down. They haven't utilized James Cook all the time out of the backfield catching passes. Is this Diggs or bust today? Do we see the Stephon Diggs that we saw in the first half, but not much in the second half? Yeah, you know, we've we saw Diggs kind of disappear for a long stretch there. He's been trending back up uh, as far as his usage goes. Um, I do think uh, Khalil Shakir is a, a guy that they're going to feature a lot tonight. Trent Sherfield probably will pick up the Gabe Davis role on the outside. Uh, Shakir and Diggs will kind of split those inside reps. Um, and Dalton Kincaid is another guy that they've got there uh, to throw the ball in the middle of the field. So I think that's where you're going to target Pittsburgh's defense. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Diggs. 45% seems a bit much, but, uh, you know, I, I think that he's definitely trending in the right direction. You could say 30%, Ryan. It was okay. I was trying to make the point. It was a little, little aggressive. Um, the, the side range is telling you you're an idiot. He was nicely yeah, well, telling you. He's, no I know. Way. He's way nicer than I am. I would have been like, no, that's totally wrong. Um what about the on the other side of things? You, you know, you, you mentioned it in your intro there, Ryan. Obviously, we've got weather that's a concern. You've got the Steelers' offense that you know is really predicated on the success in the backfield. And you look at you know Najee Harris, and you know he ran for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. He ran for one hundred twenty-two yards and two touchdowns. He ran for one hundred twelve yards and a touchdown. Like down the stretch, he was the guy. Is he going to be the guy again in this one? And what are your thoughts as well with his backfield mate, Jalen Warren? Yeah, I think he's going to have a great game. I don't think Buffalo's defense really matches up well against a guy like Najee Harris. Buffalo's defense is smaller, built more on speed, uh, whereas Harris kind of going to punch you in the mouth repeatedly. Um, they're going to hit you and hit you and hit you, and then they're going to try and go long to Deontay Johnson or George Pickens. Um, and Buffalo needs to be careful that they don't get uh, get caught on uh, some of those balls like we saw them uh, do to Baltimore. Um week 18 to get them into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I like Harris here. Warren, you know, we were talking about the weather. I think the weather probably hindered Warren a little bit more um, than it does uh, a Harris type ball carrier. So I like Harris here definitely over Warren. Um, but I do think that the Steelers running backs are going to be both getting a ton of work today. Yeah, and probably a ton of ownership. I mean, 5,500 for Najee Harris. I'm guessing he'll be very, very popular over at DraftKings. Um, Other than those two, though, should we be thinking about any other Steelers 
in this matchup today? Yeah, for sure. Like I just said, uh, you know, look at since Mason Rudolph has come in, we've seen George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, both go for multiple, you know, 50 plus yard touchdown passes. Um, so I think that for, for a DFS aspect, I think like you said, the running backs are going to be heavily owned. People are not going to be looking so much to their receivers. Um, so I, I do think Pickens, especially he kind of profiles more as that long ball, um, deep threat type of player. So I, I do like Pickens here. Uh, I think he'll be mildly low owned, you know, relatively. So uh, Pickens, I like Deontay Johnson. He's scoring. It's weird because he's scoring touchdowns this year, but his volume has not been there as it was last year. So I'm not as big on Deontay Johnson going into this one as I am with Pickens. Ryan Clifford hanging out with us um, as we shift to the second game, the Philly Tampa, before we kind of get into that. What do you prefer for the DFS player? Is it playing both these games? Because you can choose if you want to have both available. Or do you kind of like the showdown aspect and separating it? And and I know you're probably a little different from the normal player. I mean, you're hardcore into this. You're dealing hundreds of lineups, all that. But what's the attraction to you versus, you know, taking the two-game slate or maybe even separating them and having two different showdowns? What what do you prefer? Yeah, you know, I, I like the showdown slates over the two, three-game NFL slates. Um, for whatever reason, I've just never had success with those two or three-game slates. There's just a ton of variance with, you know, you get the the punt plays, you know, that we see those in showdown a lot. Um, when I'm playing a standard NFL main slate, I'm not the type to put in, you know, 300 lineups like I will with showdown where I'm trying to cover so many of the different bases. It's, it's a lot harder to do that in these two and three game slates. So I, I do prefer showdown, I think. Well, it's gotten a lot harder to make a decision with quarterback uh, this week, uh, Ryan, because obviously you normally smash Jalen Hurts, his ability on the ground, ability to throw the football, let's go, let's line him up, he'll light up the scoreboard. Now we got concerns because A.J. Brown is out. We've got concerns because of his finger. We've got concerns because the offense kind of struggled down the stretch. Uh, what's your interest level in Jalen Hurts, who's still going to be at the top in this game in terms of the price point at the quarterback position? Are uh, you feeling good about playing him this evening? On showdown, he's still my top captain of that game. Um, it's close second with Rashad White. Uh, Mike Evans is up there, but but Hurts, you know, Josh Allen's the only player in the league that has more perfect captain finishes in, in showdown lineups since 2021 than Jalen Hurts, who I think has finished there 15 times over the past three seasons. Um, just, you know, the, the combination of being the team's quarterback and, and being the team's goal line back, I think just gives him so much upside. Anytime they get down one, two yard line, it's pretty much a guaranteed hurts rushing touchdown. So, um, I do like hurts here. I'm not sure it's going to be a super high scoring game. So again, you know, get, get him into the end zone on a rushing touchdown, maybe throws for another touchdown. I think that'll be all he needs. Right. What about Devonta Smith? Because I mean, you know, grade school football, you lost your number one wide receiver. Your number two guy is getting a lot of looks. I mean, he's he's the clear-cut number two. Obviously, he'll become the one, and there's not really a two, right? It's kind of Dallas Goddard. So where are we at with Devonta Smith, who, you know, he's, I don't know, 5'11", 175. He's not physically taking over a game, but there should be a good amount of volume thrown his way. Yeah, I mean, they're going to look early and often for him, for sure. Um, I think the bad part about A.J. Brown being out is, you know, now Tampa's defense can kind of – 
give him some more attention um, defensively. So they're not going to make it easy for him. Um, I think, you know, one of the keys to Philly's success tonight has to be getting those secondary ball catchers involved. Uh, Quez Watkins had a really nice game against the Giants when A.J. Brown went down. Um, even Julio Jones has been getting a lot of work down the stretch. Uh, and Olamude Zacchaeus. I think he'll probably line up in the slot, Quez Watkins outside. Um, but, yeah, I think they they got to look to those guys. Dallas Goddard, of course, is going to be a huge, uh, important piece for the Eagles here, too. Um, I'm not going crazy on Smith. Uh, I think he could have a nice ball game, but I, I don't see him kind of being like slate-breaking wide receiver just because A.J. Brown's out. I'm looking at those three, you know, punts in effect of Jones, Watkins, and Zacchaeus, and I mean, they're all pretty cheap. Zacchaeus is the cheapest at 3K. Um, do those in a showdown have to have one of those three? Or can do, do you really need to take that shot? Again, we're trying to, you know, if you're winning the big prize, you know, go – you need somebody probably as a punt to go through. Uh, do you look at those three and say, hey, you can choose one of the three, but you need to have one of the three, or is it not the case for this showdown? I don't think you need to have one of the three. Again, I don't think it's going to be a terribly high-scoring game. So, you know, one or two receivers in your lineup is probably where you're going to end up. Uh, Mike Evans is my number one guy. I'd say okay. Smith probably too, but um, Godwin and even Trey Palmer, the Buccaneers, I think I like him more than any of those Eagles pieces. So, um, I would say for DFS purposes, you're looking for upside to win those GPPs. Quez Watkins is probably the guy that I would target. And another one of those really fast guys that has, you know, over the course of his career had numerous, you know, long touchdown catches. So Watkins is the guy I'd probably look to. I don't think, you know, you need to force one of them into lineups, though. Uh, you mentioned Godwin and Evans, and it, it seems like anytime people are thinking of Tampa, it's like, okay, what do I do? It's like... Does the public usually go with with Evans? And I guess you would say, yeah, of course they do. He's the guy who had 13 touchdowns. But we have seen games where Godwin, especially here lately, has looked a little bit better, shown a little bit life. Is it is it still Evans with a bullet for you between these two guys? I do like Evans. I just don't think the Eagles really have anybody to match up there. Uh, they've given up 44 points, PPR points per game to opposing wide receivers, which is the most in the league. Um, and I think early in the season, everybody was like, well, you know, the, the Eagles were steamrolling everyone and everyone is just throwing high volume to kind of keep up. So, of course, the receivers are going to score a lot. But, you know, they were one and six down the stretch and they still were getting, you know, annihilated through the air. Um, so Mike Evans, to me, he's really stepped up as the clear wide receiver one between him and Godwin. Um, Trey Palmer has been coming on a lot lately. Um, I like him. I think he'll be a lot lower owned than the other two. So I, I think if I'm choosing from a DFS perspective, considering ownership and everything, Evans by far my number one. Trey Palmer, though, I think would be my number two over Godwin. I'm uh, going to have rain in the forecast. Uh, it's kind of you know coming and going as it is wont to do down in Florida. Uh, temperatures in the 60s, so we don't have to worry about anything else. Shouldn't be brutal, but just to let you know, weather is going to be there tonight, 820 the kickoff there. Uh, weather a bigger concern in Buffalo. If you're just looking to watch a snow globe game, that's uh, the one you're going to want. Maybe the best one of the year, uh, it sounds like, with the weather there. 4.30 to kick off for the Bills and the Steelers. Uh, columns are up. I know already the uh, Monday night uh, showdown write-up uh, is, is available at FG.com. sure there'll be some cheat sheets. Discord will be open. So uh, Ryan and the crew can help you there as you get set for this uh, rare doubleheader on a Monday 
of uh, playoff fantasy football. Uh, Ryan, pleasure, man. I uh, really appreciate you jumping on board, giving us your thoughts. Enjoy these two games. And uh, we may hunt you down later, but if not, um, I'm sure we'll be talking hockey at some point, getting you on board to maybe break down a slate or two as we leave football and move into some other sports. But uh, thanks again for stopping by, okay? Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. Ryan Clifford hanging out with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily, giving us his thoughts on the two matchups tonight. Ray, I actually think Pittsburgh has a chance to win this game outright. And the re the reason I say that is I think the weather helps Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And, Ray, they, they were going to run regard. Ryan said the same thing. But I, I think they can have some success against Buffalo. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who kind of likes to look at, you know, the season-long results and – if you look at Pittsburgh season long, it, it wasn't a very successful season of running the football. But if you look from the moment when they canned Matt Canada back in, I guess that was the bye week between week, it was like week eight. And so starting in week nine, new offensive coordinator, from that point to the end of the season, the Steelers were a top five rushing offense. And if you look at Buffalo, the overall numbers look decent enough. I mean, not great, not bad, kind of middle of the road. But on a per carry basis, Buffalo was like bottom five in yards allowed. So, I, you know, Warren and Harris for the season, Ray, were about 500 touches combined. I think they should both be. Like Harris should be over 20. I think Warren could be in the 15 range. And I, I just think if you're, you don't want Mason Rudolph to try and win this game, I think it's going to be a lot of running. I think the Steelers can have success there. And then turnovers, anytime you're talking upset, you, you got to get turnovers. And Ray, for what it's worth, Josh Allen turns the ball over. So I, I I wouldn't be like calling it, but like the money line's like plus 370. If I were a wagering man in a wagering state, I'd probably put some coin down on the Steelers to win this one outright. Yeah, I think you excuse me, you can create a scenario where the Steelers come out with the victory, and you did a good job of laying out how that could happen. I, I struggle to think that's the way the game's going to play out, but you're right. Allen does turn the ball over. The weather's obviously a factor. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin's teams rarely, if ever, get blown out. They're in games, and, you know, if you're in a game, you never know. Mm -hmm. Broken tackle here, slip tackle there, missed assignment there. Um, and I think that you, you also said it correctly, the Steelers finally – figured out what they needed to do to have their offense work. You know, number one, it was change quarterbacks. But number two, they they said, "What? Well, look, we're going to have our quarterback stretch the field a little bit, take some chances. But we're, like you said, we're giving it 30 times a week to these running backs every week. Let's go. And we'll see how it plays out. And they had a lot of success. I noted with Ryan uh, the success that Najee Harris has had. Jalen Warren's obviously a very capable, in fact, sometimes explosive second back in the backfield. And so, yeah, I think that the Bills have to win this football game. I mean, really – but there is a path, and you know, just just a note, it's on the screen there too. The all-in football package. If you want to get Ryan Clifford and our team's DFS coverage, it's part of the all-in package. The rest of the way, thirty-nine ninety-nine. That gets you betting, gets you seasonal, gets you DFS, gets you the whole thing through the Super Bowl. It also gets you our uh, Super Bowl betting package. So you can check that out right now. Uh, but I, I'm still thinking it would be quite the shock if the Bills don't win this football game. And uh, if you're into cash game playing, you know, you spend forty dollars. From now to the end of the postseason, you know, not to guarantee winnings. I'm not going to do that. But you can make back your 40 bucks pretty easily with our staff. So uh, you put the effort in, you put the time in. And, uh, you know, some weeks may be good, some bad. But overall, I think you're going to get that 40 bucks back uh, between now and the end of the uh, football season. Uh, should note, TJ Watt not playing in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh is 1-10 in 10 
when he doesn't play. <laughs> so that may be the other side of the coin of not going with Pittsburgh. Uh, should be fun. Uh, quickly on coaching maneuvers, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but um, Antonio Pierce, I guess the, the latest reporting says he's the leader to take over Vegas. It's worth noting Atlanta has requested an interview with Antonio Pierce, so we'll see there. Uh, sounds like Jim Harbaugh is going to interview with the Chargers. Raiders and the Chargers considered the front runners for him. And I did want to point out Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator uh, for Baltimore. Ray, I think he's up to five or six interviews now. He's going to have a job. Somebody's hiring Mike McDonald. They all want to interview him. And with all the interviews he's getting, Ray, I'm predicting he's he's going to land somewhere. And then we'll see with Belichick. It's that, that Cowboys stuff, Ray, I get it, it's kind of uh, wishful thinking. Don't you believe, you know, just getting Bill Belichick with Dallas with Jerry Jones, like that's what that's what the media definitely wants to happen. Yeah, because he'd hire him and he'd walk in there on day one and say, "I'm changing 14 things," and Jerry Jones said, "You you aren't." And he said, "Yes, I am," and they'd fire him like this. Like I don't would that go well? I don't know. Maybe I'm totally off, but uh, I mean, it it makes all the sense in the world football wise. Does it make sense beyond that? Of course, that's the open-ended question. Yeah. Uh, no coaching hirings. Well, you had Jared Mayo, so he's taken over in New England. But everything else is still open, um, as a lot of these guys are still involved in the playoffs, so they're not going to get hired as such as long as their team is alive. Uh, before we get out of here, we started the show by mentioning the uh, arrival, if you will, of the 2024 Fantasy Baseball Fantasy Guru Draft Guide. Um, it's available now. Columns are coming out each and every day. Uh, today is a heavy flood of columns, Ray, since it's kind of day one of the release. Rankings everywhere. Uh, but I also love this. You know, you, you got to look back to last season. Ray Flowers does not pull punches when he uh, takes a look at how he did the previous year. So, Ray, already you've got the what went right last season, what went wrong in 2023. I'm guessing the what went right column is 10 times longer than what went wrong, right, from last year? Well, you know, it's 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 quite the battle of someone writing this and putting it together because it's like I, I try to even it out because it's mm -hmm. like, look, I don't want to be the guy because I can't say I sit here and admit when I'm wrong and then have the right thing be 9,000 words and the wrong thing be 500. You, <laughs> you know, should like, do it that way, though. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I was wrong about these four things. And, uh, <laughs> but so, I mean, the, the what went right column is a little bit longer, but not appreciably. Um, and I think the two columns are like 10,000 words. So it's not just... A or B. Like I, I, I quote what I said last year and how did it turn out? And I think it helps me because it's like the ones I got right, I know I got right. Like, by the way, for those people that didn't know, my breakout pitcher of the year was Justin Steele. Mm. Who no one was talking about. And he finished fifth in the Cy Young voting. So there were a lot of things we did right last year. The wrongs are, are helpful to me because it's like, okay, why did I miss on these players? Did I miss something in my analysis? Was there an injury? Did, did playing time not go the way I expected? Okay. That's one thing that just happens. But was there analysis that I did improperly? Did I misread this rate or did I misunderstand this metric? So I think that's it's good for me, but it's also good, like you're saying. And I've done this for years. People have always said, you never say when you're wrong. I write four or 5,000 words every year saying how many things I missed. So there's no there's no reason to hide from it. I'm not one of these people that erases tweets because I know people do that all mm -hmm. the time. I didn't say that. Well, here's my screen capture of you saying it before you erased it. People, no, I say what I say, and I'm not always going to be right. And so we got to look at both the positives and the negatives. You mentioned the home run that you got with Justin Steele last year. Um, it's an eagerly anticipated column every year mm -hmm. where Ray Flowers picks his breakout, and he goes through his uh, thinking. Uh, you know, he'll start with a list of, I don't know, 20 guys, get it down to 10, then get it down to five, and 
and have a top three, if you will. Justin still won out last season. Is that a March column? Is that usually when that sucker comes out? You like to get as much information and take your time as much as possible before the uh, big reveal? Yeah, and I'll post this again. Again, it's it's a free article. I made it free so everyone could see it. Like Not like I faked that I, oh, Ray said this and didn't say it. The article last year was March 6th. Usually okay. it's the first week of March. I try to, I'll try to get it maybe March 2nd or something, you know, because March is really draft month. Um, you can look at the rankings. Obviously those are updated. I don't, and so people know, I don't, I didn't have Justin Steele at 99 and then March 6th happened and I bumped him to 45. Like he's just, <laughs> the rank is where I think he should be, right? I'm not playing games with it. about the product. Uh, it just takes me all that time to verify because, and I got, I got to admit last year was, is a difficult decision. I sat there for days. And look through everything. Remember the other names? Who are the other names you were looking at? Yeah. So the, the, the names, let me get down. I actually have the article right here. Let me get down to the finalists. So the finalists were Graham Ashcraft, Hunter Brown, Brady Singer, Jeffrey Springs, and Trevor Rogers. Those guys were all immediately chucked. They were they were part of the 15 finalists. The guys that were, were then left were these. So these were the two finalists Edward Cabrera, Garrett Whitlock, Hayden Wisniewski. Brad Keller, not Brad Keller, excuse me, Mitch Keller, uh, Reed Detmers, and Justin Steele. And Mitch Keller kind of had a breakout too. A yeah, and like. Detmers had his moments, you know. And, and and again, I go through the reasons why. Like in the case of Cabrera, it's like this guy walks too many guys. In the case of Whitlock, I don't really know what his role is going to be and what his health's going to be. So you know, I, I explain it like you said. It's thousands and thousands of words. It's long. It's got charts, graphs, the whole thing. And I try to go through it. But yeah, Justin Steele ended up being the decision. And uh, you know, that's not the first time that. You know, I've done that and I've listened to the article. I predicted Cy Young winners before and that kind of thing. So this is, and there's other people just to say it too, without sounding like a braggart. There are people that say, you know, which third round pick is going to be a first round pick? Whoopie do. I mean, okay. That, you know, which 23rd round pick is going to be a sixth round player. That's yeah. how you win a league. And that's what I try to do with the pitching article. We love it. We absolutely love it. Okay. So it's live today. It's ready for you to uh, download and to enjoy. Uh, you see it down there uh, with the promo code FSD20. You get it for 40 bucks and it's the whole season. It's obviously the preseason stuff and all these columns and ratings and write-ups and everything. But then in season, Ray is putting columns out each and every day. Um, there's a lot of coverage provided. So uh, 40 bucks for the whole year. It's a hell of a deal. So uh, do take advantage of it. If you are a baseball fan, uh, hard to believe, but we're like a month away from things starting up in Florida and Arizona. I think the first games are around the 23rd, 24th of February. Uh, but pitchers and catchers, all that stuff, 30 days. So uh, it is coming, whether you are ready or not, and this will get you ready uh, for that in 2024. We're going to have a lot more on this, obviously, over the next couple of months. But today we wanted to give it a little bit of a spotlight uh, because it is out. It is available. Uh, get a hold of it now and uh, start to win, if you will, in 2024. Uh, Ray, good stuff. Really do appreciate it. Tomorrow we will be back again, 11 a.m. Eastern. We'll obviously recap the two playoff games today. Uh, maybe we'll have some more coaching news, some news and notes stuff, a little bit more baseball. All that's coming your way tomorrow. I think Justin Finsterman with basketball. So it's going to be another busy Tuesday around these parts. Ray, take care and uh, get the shovel out because, yeah, you don't need a shovel. Just need my galoshes. Ray is totally faking that what he's got behind That him, is Ray. not my street, no. Yeah, Ray's never even seen that scene. <laughs> well, I have, but again, I was in the mountains. And in the mountains, I've never seen that in my home. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ray, have a good one. Good stuff. And uh, we'll visit again on Tuesday. Sounds good, Kyle. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily. Have a wonderful end to your super wild card weekend. We are powered by fantasyguru.com.